Bildungsentwicklung Tanz, ein Forschungsprojekt konzipiert, gestaltet und realisiert von Paul Fossa. Heute mit Stephanie Nielsen. Hello, today we are with Stephanie Nielsen. Stephanie is a dancer, actress, choreographer, dance teacher, and independent movement researcher. She's the founder and artistic director of Stephanie Nielsen Dance Group, SND, in New York City, Dance Italia, and Motor 592 in Lucca, Italy. Her artistic work, described as instinctual, untamed, and edgy by a renowned writer, editor of several dance magazines, and social activist Eva Ya Azamanteva, distills deeply personal idea into highly kinetic, expressive and provocative artworks, rooted in cross-media, collaboration with artists, working in music, video and visual arts. For more than 25 years, she has been designing dance-based educational programs, both locally and internationally, mainly for the founding and support of young talent. And she is very active in creating and supporting dance for people with disabilities. Therefore, since 2015, Stephanie has been leading the dance initiative at AHRC in New York City, a disability service organization. Hello, Stephanie. Hi, Paolo. So it's very short biography, but would you like to add any information that for you are important? The no, the introduction was was um, spot on. So first of all, thank you very much for agreeing to doing this interview for my platform, Bildung and Viklund Dance, Educational Development Dance. And thank you, of course, for your time. Thank you for having me. So I will start with my first question. How does education relate to dance for you? Okay, so when I hear that question, I'm curious, is it education as something that's separate from dance or is it dance education? I would say both. Okay. So for me, the idea of education is um, a creative process and dance for me is a creative process. And so they share similarities in the sense that you are gaining new information you are opening your mind, you are relating to people in new and different ways, right? So um, the idea that there's a there's even a separation between the idea of education and dance, um, I'm not sure that I, that I, um, I'm not sure that that's true. If you're speaking about sort of the intellectualization of, of learning versus sort of the physicality of moving, and performing, then yeah, there's a big disconnect. Um, but yeah, let me, let me just, uh, let me think about really what I want to say. Um, I think dance is education. <laughs> I think being in a space and um, you're, you're learning about yourself, you're learning about the people around you, you're learning new information, you have new inputs, whether they're physical or their ideas. Um, and so I, I think it, I think dance is education. Um, I can, I can talk more if you just want to leave a couple of seconds of dead air to, <laughs> to gather thoughts. 
Um, I came to dance in a sort of back back doorway. I'd never um, got a degree in dance. I didn't study it. I came to it late in life. I was a tomboy. Um, I was the only girl on the sports team growing up. And um, it was really interesting. I, I played piano for seven years and then I decided to quit. And my mom said, well, why don't you come to a dance class with me? And so that was sort of the beginning of my formal dance education. But I went to college. I double majored in English and psychology. I had no intention of becoming a dancer or sort of living in this dance world. But in the end, it's what I loved the most to do. So I danced all the time when I was at school. And I thought, well, why can't this be a life pursuit? Why does it have to be? You know, in my mind, there was a very big separation. Like, this is my education. I'm going to get an advanced degree. I'm going to have a, a real job, right? I mean, we could have a whole conversation about the idea of a real job versus a dance job. Um, and then over time, I realized that dance is what I love the most, being in a room with people creating and sharing ideas and all that comes with dance um, was really the path I wanted to take. And so and so to me, my my dance education was on the spot in real time, in the moment, like an improvisation. Um, yeah, and there's something very beautiful about sort of the presence and immediacy of that. Um, I would say the downside to that is that sometimes I have, um, <laughs> you know, I, I feel like maybe I'm not as authentic as I could be or not as schooled as I should be or, you know, the 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 famous like artists being vulnerable and the imposter syndrome of feeling like, well, you know, we, we all, I, I'm not going to say we all, but I think it's a, it's a general, a general sense that artists feel the imposter syndrome at some point in their lives during the creative process. And so I feel like not having a formal dance education, um, maybe, maybe allows me to feel that a little more often than I I'd like to. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Thank you. I really enjoy your answer. Thanks. So now I move to my second question for you. Okay. I'm particularly happy to interview you because in addition to being an artist active in both Western country in the United States and Europe, in your artistic and educational work, you have always tried to put the person, the individual, in the foreground, respecting their diversity and limitations. What differences, strengths and weakness in terms of organization, knowledge and respect for the individual have you noticed between these two areas and countries? And how could they improve by learning from each other? And of course, what did you learn? And how did you apply in your work and projects? Okay, that's a ton of information. I might need you to actually interject um, some of the questions again along the way. So my experience with Italy was, uh, I, I lived down by the World Trade Center when it went down. And it was quite traumatic. And I ran away with my family to Italy. Um, and I ended up living in Florence for about two years. Um, and that's when I started to understand the difference between how people work in Europe and how people, or not Europe, I, Italy specifically, I'm sure it's not the same all over Europe, um, Italy specifically uh, versus in New York specifically. So, I mean, the first, the first sort of most poignant difference is that in New York, space is so expensive and um, it's at a premium and it's very hard to book space and all this administration has to happen before you can actually feel like you're in a room with a group of people 
in a creative process, there's always this sense of like dollar signs flying out the door, you know, every minute that ticks by. So I feel like creating work here, there's much more of, um, it just makes it a little more anxious, <laughs> the process, which is not a good way to really go into a creative process with this sense of anxiety of like, well, I have this day, I need to get this done. So I want to generate this many minutes of choreography. I mean, it's, it doesn't allow for a lot of experimentation and exploration, you know, that sort of has to happen maybe doing your homework outside of the studio, but that doesn't always work because you, you need to be in a studio moving with other people in order to, to follow that process. So um, there are grants and there are people that get supported, but in general, in my experience, um, when I went to Italy, I felt like the, the spaces, you could exhale a little more deeply. Um, there was time. There was uh, I, I mean, this is like a, a little bit of a, of a word, a minefield with words. Um, but I felt like there was a, a deeper <laughs> support for creative ideas that were allowed to foster when I was working in Italy. Now that might be in my imagination because there's also something quite beautiful about being anonymous in a new place, um, which maybe you can also relate to <laughs> having moved cultures. But, uh, for me in Italy, I had nothing to lose. I didn't know anybody. I didn't have a dance community there. I could be whatever version of myself I wanted to. And I found that very freeing. Um, and I'm very grateful for that opportunity. And, um, it's why I think I, I kept returning there in the end, because what a beautiful, what a beautiful way to be. Um, when you could be anything you, you want, you know what I mean? There's no, there's no judgment. There's no expectation. It's just, it's very freeing. So that's sort of my personal, um, take on the main difference between, um, trying to create work as an artist in those two places. Uh, my community work is different. So in New York, I work for part-time for the agency that we talked about before, AHRC, it's a disability support um, organization. It's humongous. They serve tens of thousands of people in the city. It's an incredible organization. Um, and I I sort of be, got into that work also through a back door. I mean, I feel like there's a theme that maybe a lot of my experiences are through the back door. They're unexpected and, and you know, certain things happen and they lead you in a certain way. But um, I find my work with the with people with disabilities to also be freeing in a way. In it, um, like my sort of art um, creative process was when I was in Italy, there was, there's no expectation. I had a class filled with people. We weren't making a piece. It didn't matter about the audience. We weren't worried about reviews, right? There was no personal, like, what am I trying to say? Um, it was just being in a room with a bunch of people mutually respecting everybody in the space with whatever their ability was or is. And just feeling the joy of moving, which is at the heart of dance in the end. It's just about the joy of moving. It's why people love dance. I mean, we don't make a lot of money. It's kind of like banging your head against a wall as a business. So, um, so why do we do it? You know, maybe for the most selfish reason, <laughs> which turns out to be an unselfish reason because it's, it's just pure joy. And maybe that pure joy then allows you to be a better person to go out in the world and be a more empathetic person or to, to do good deeds or, you know, there are a lot of, there are a lot of roads that can take you on. So selfish, but maybe not so selfish in the end, or maybe every act of, you know, selfishness is unselfish as Ayn Rand would say. But, um, 
I haven't worked with people with disabilities in Italy. My experience in Italy coming back after, so we were there from 2003 to 2005. And that's when I was working there as an artist and a young mother. So I had a few hours every day where, you know, the, my, the, my child was taken care of and, and I took class and decided to make work. It's when I met Cristiano Fabri. Um, I ended up performing in Fabric Europa and, and met Roberto Casarotto and he became my rainmaker and all these opportunities happened and, um, it was quite beautiful what happened there. So, but then I didn't come back until I started Dance Italia in, uh, 2011 because Elisabetta Fiorini, um, she had hired me as a teacher when I was living there in 2004, 2005. And I realized that space was empty all over Italy in the summers, which doesn't happen in New York. You can, you know, it's very hard to find space here. So I thought, wow, this is insane. Like, how is it possible that studios all over this country are just empty? <laughs> it's incredible. And, uh, you know, upon retrospect, I realized because there's no air conditioning, it's very hot and it's, it's it, you know, you can suffer a lot in those studios in the summer. But I asked Elisabetta if I could use her studio during the summer to start this program somewhat naively. And she agreed. And um, then Dance Italia was born and we're going into our 11th edition and it's started this incredible community in Italy. But um, yeah, as far as the differences between the places, I, I prefer... I prefer who I am when I am in Luca and in Italy. And I, I don't know if it's so much because of the cultural differences or just because I'm from the US and Italy is a is another place. Do you know what I mean? It's um there's a separation. So maybe I don't put the same stress on myself to to succeed, you know, in quotes or um yeah, it just I feel again, I I Sometimes I'm on my bicycle riding around Luca and thinking, this is the best version of myself. Do you know what I mean? I just feel happier. I, I, it's a place where I feel more beautiful. I feel more relaxed. Like there's just something that I appreciate about my time there. Nice. Very nice. So my last question for you, how do you think dance education should be in the future? I think dance education should be <laughs> in the near future. I think it should be in, in the far future. I think, uh, I think it should be taken seriously in the sense that you call it an education because that lends some gravitas and validity to the idea of it, just pairing it with the word education. Um, I don't know what that means for university dance departments. I don't know what that means. Uh, I don't know what that means for like personal growth, but I believe that um, I do believe that there should be a dance education. I, I do believe that people should understand the history, but dance education can be Googling, you know, dance history from 1920 to 1930. Uh, you know, you can, you can, you can do a lot of self-research. Um, so I don't know if it's institutional education or just somehow valued culturally and that it, it's encouraged for people to, to be part of that. Um, I think dance education in the future should all happen at Dance Italia. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, I really, I actually really don't know how to answer that question because I don't know what dance looks like in the future. But I do believe that there should always be places where people can gather and move together. And if that's what we're calling dance education, then I think that should happen as often as it can in as many places as it can. 
Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, the answer of Karina Saporta was, uh, uh, I don't want to know what it will be the future because it should be the future. So yeah. I love That's this. That's a great answer. <laughs> yes, I love it. I love it. I love it. It's uh, yeah. probably one of the old, old answers are great, but it's one of the answers I liked most because yeah. so honest, honest. Of course, yeah. we all have wishes, but to be, in, to be ready to accept the unknown, I think, is the most difficult things. <laughs> Although I don't wish for a future where everybody's sitting on their couch plugged into a machine. That's, that's not a future I hope for. Yes, I think we hope the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, thank you very much for your contribution. I hope your words and sharing of your experience and path inspire our listeners. And may this short conversation result in, in a new connection for a free and productive exchange of knowledge. And of course, may this contribute to new discussion that enrich and improve the education system of dance and through dance. Thank you so much, Stephanie. Thank you, Paolo. Thank you very much. Das Forschungsprojekt wurde durch das Förderprogramm Distanzen finanziert. Distanzen ist Teil des Hilfsprogramms Tanz, das im Rahmen von Neue Start Kultur, eine Initiative der Beauftragten der Bundesregierung für Kultur und Medien, gefördert ist. Musik